The following is a presentation of Gallery Church Downtown, part of a family of neighborhood churches seeking to display God's greatness to the world. For more information, please visit gcbdowntown.com. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I give, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestor ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. May God bless the reading of the word. Good morning. Uh, for those that don't know me, my name is Paula. I'm one of the elders in church. Um, and I'm from Brazil. And it's funny, I was thinking about that and about how uh, culturally different we can be. Especially when we move from one place to another, we start seeing like uh, a pattern of like behaviors and how people act and react to situations. So for instance, we, we lived in England for a couple of years and people there talked a lot about weather. Every conversation started with like, oh, the weather looks awful today, you know. Uh, and maybe it was in the hopes of, you know, having the weather improve a little bit. Um, now, when we moved to the U.S., we noticed how respectful people are, like, towards one another. Like, you keep, like, a personal space when talking, and, you know, one talks, the other one listens. And it's funny, because now when we go back to Brazil and we go to parties, we see everybody's so loud, <laughs> and they all talk, like, across one another, and still they understand each other, which is amazing. Uh, maybe it's a natural talent, but it's funny. We, we get shocked at our own culture because we see, like, how we are. Um, the city where I'm from, they are very known for its barbecue. I don't know how many of you have been to Fogo de Chão. That is like 10% of what you're going to get in my town. It's barbecue is really great. And you can have like from rare to like well done food. And you might be thinking like, what does that have to do, you know, with all of John's reading? And for us to understand John, we have to think about the context. So we, uh, Jesus came to the disciples and the crowds and he started to say, you have to drink my blood, and you have to eat my flesh. And to us, because we know what has, Jesus has gone through, it's easy. We are like, oh yeah, for sure. But at the time, there were certain regulations, and one of them was specific about blood. 
So they were not like in my city where you could eat like your flesh, like uh, not flesh, like <laughs> the meat, like rare meat with blood, which I love. But uh, they could not have any interaction with blood. They could not touch it. They could not drink it. They, they, there couldn't be any contact. There were specific rules about that. Um, we have a, a slide about Le on Leviticus that says, I will set my face, my face against any Israelite or any foreigner residing among them who eats blood, and I will cut them off from the people, for the life of a creature is in the blood." And I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It's the blood that makes atonement for one's life. So imagine having this culture of not drinking blood, generation from generation, like these regulations. And all of a sudden comes this man who says, you have to drink my blood. It was a shock to them. They were outraged by that. And I know we read about it, and it's like, okay, we eat the bread, we drink the, the blood, or the juice. Um, but what did Jesus really mean by that? And I was thinking of like three points that I think we can speak about today. One of them is Jesus was declaring who he was, or who he is, and who he is not. Um, so Jesus was setting himself apart from um, Moses and what happened in the desert. You see that there's a, a verse where, that E.K. read, uh, which says, Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. So first he was saying who he was. He was saying, Moses was great, what happened there was great, but I'm not that. And still to these days, there are people, and maybe here there are some people who think, oh, Jesus is a good man, and he was, and he is a good man. Jesus is a prophet, yes, he's a prophet, but he's not just that. He is the Savior, he is the living word, he is the bread of life. And throughout John, you will see that Jesus will talk a lot about himself. And maybe many of you will think, wow, why is Jesus talking so much about himself? And it's the most loving thing he can do for us because he was establishing, this is who I am. Trust me, I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am who I am. He was literally saying as a guidance for us, who he was. Um, and the crowds at the time were following him because he could offer the bread, like the true bread, like that they, could, they were eating, multiplying bread. Uh, the crowds were following him because of the miracles. And I start to think, like, what are we following Jesus for? Why do we come to church? Do we come to church just because we want to add some religion to our lives, to have it like our lives balanced out? Why are we following Jesus? Who is he for you? Who is he for me? What are you after? And often we follow Jesus and we are after Jesus because of the things he has, not because of who he is. 
Um, the second point is Jesus was sharing what he was going to do. And it's so important because as we read in Leviticus, uh, the rule said the blood was to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. And the blood makes atonement for one's life. And Jesus then starts saying, the bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So he was telling them, this is my plan. I'm going to give my life for you. And still they couldn't connect the dots. They were so tied to the regulation and so, um, and so um, pressed by the law that they had that they couldn't connect the dots and they were like, oh, but how can we drink his blood? How can we eat his flesh? Like, is he going to, you know, cut himself or something? I'm sure they were imagining all this and like um, on the verses to come, uh, the Bible says that a lot of people left him because the words were too strong. People couldn't understand what he was saying. But he was telling them and he's telling us what he was going to do and why it was so important that he needed to sacrifice himself so he's not just a past, not a good pastor, a good shepherd. He's not, he's not just a good man, a good prophet, but he's our savior. He was laying his life down for us. And then the third thing I thought about was uh, Jesus was sharing what he expects from us. And you may think, well, maybe it's just like eating the bread and, you know, drinking the juice. Um, but Jesus states, just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. And nowadays, people are attracted to Jesus. A lot of people are attracted to Jesus. The churches are full. Um, I was uh, looking at, there was an event in Brazil. A lot of people uh, went to this event from here, to, from the U.S. Uh, to Brazil. And they, they filled two stadiums of church people, like of Christians, two stadiums. And so the event was happening, I think, at the same time. At the same time. They were happening at the same time. Uh, so imagine two full, two full stadiums of like people gathering just to worship God. And you may think, wow, this is amazing. And I thought that too. I was like, wow. But how many of them will follow Jesus? How many of them will actually do what Jesus is asking us to do? To believe him to trust Him, to live our lives for Him. It's not about the crowds and not about how many people can gather and can follow Jesus because when He was there, lots and like thousands of people would follow Him. But only a few were attracted to Him and like following Him where He was going. But only a few would actually do what He was asking them to do. So what Jesus expects from us is total commitment. He's not interested in people with partial commitment. Because at times in our lives, we are okay with having Jesus plus a house. 
Jesus plus a job, Jesus plus children, Jesus plus a visa, Jesus plus many other things. Um, but we are not okay just having Jesus. So we have to start thinking about that. What would life be like if I only had Jesus? And I'll tell you, He is the only thing we need. He's the only thing I need. He's the only thing you need. He is the bread of life. And what Jesus was offering back then, and what He's offering right now, is a personal, intimate, heart-to-heart relationship with Him. It is the gift of His total person to each one of us. So even though we share the bread because He did it for all, at the same time, He's all there for you. He's 100% there for you. And I'm a finance person, and I think often in numbers, like how, how much am I giving back to Him? How much am I giving myself? Is it 20%, 30%, 50% at times? But 100%, I'm not sure. I still have to work on that. Um, so we are often okay when we see uh, people, uh, Jesus performing miracles. Not just back then, but nowadays. So when we pray for somebody to be healed, when we pray to get a job, when we pray for a relationship, we are often okay with that. But then when He is calling us for total commitment... We back out. When we have to sacrifice something, as Olivia was saying, when we have to open our hands and empty ourselves, our feelings, our thoughts, our fears, our dreams, when we have to really let go, just like frozen, let it go. <laughs> when we have to do that, then we back out. We say, no, no, no. I will, I need to hold on to that. And Jesus wants to fulfill your life because sometimes we, instead of searching for the bread when we are hungry, we start looking for the crumbs. It's crumbs, right? So we start gathering the crumbs and, you know, collecting them and see like, oh, maybe a house will satisfy me. Maybe when I have my degree, maybe when I have a visa, maybe when we ha I have children, maybe when I have this or that, those things will satisfy me. And then you start eating those crumbs. And they, they are good. They are not wrong. They are good for you and for me. But they will not satisfy us. Only Jesus will satisfy us. He's the only one who can fulfill us. Um, so I wanted to invite the, the worship team to back here. As we, as we gather now in... I really want you to reconsider that in your life. What does that mean to you? What does eating the bread and drinking from His blood mean to your life? Is, is it something that you have to open your hands and lay down at His feet? Is it something that you need to pursue? Maybe you need to just invest time in Him. Uh, because a relationship with Jesus don't just comes like that. Uh, it's just like Valentine's. I'm sure that many of you here bought flowers, maybe because a wife pressured the husband, you know, like, you have to get me some flowers. Um, but it has to do with intention. It has to be intentional. 
you not just with a wife, a man, woman relationship, but also with your parents, with your sisters, brothers, friends, we have to be intentional. You have to call, you have to talk, you have to communicate. The same way with Jesus, you have to spend time with him. You have to lay your life just as he laid his and commit to him. So uh, I, want you, I want to pray uh, for you, for me. Uh, and I, I would like us to, to then after the, the um, songs that we, we go to the Lord's table and to remind ourselves about the bread and that we don't make that just a tradition but that you really look at the bread and think of his flesh, of his sacrifice to you, and that you drink from that juice, and that you look at one another and share that and do that together because he did it for all of us, but yet he's 100% yours if only you want him. He's looking for total commitment, not partial commitment. So let's pray.